Andrew Caskey, what's up, man? How's it going, bud? So we haven't formally met till today. So mm-hmm. uh, nice to formally meet you, I guess. So, yeah. But same, um, same. I've had some of your barbecue. It's been a couple of years, but I've been watching you pretty much grow from a, from way over here. And you're in the um, the uh, eastern side, uh, northeast Louisiana, pretty much, I mm-hmm. guess. Well, in the Monroe, a Ruston area. Yeah. And so we're way over here in uh, northwest Louisiana. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I've been watching you guys grow over there and it's like impressive the style of barbecue you're, you're doing but also bringing it around here because we don't have that much you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah dude i just want to talk about that i honestly i don't i have no absolutely nothing about you at all so right. like let's just <laughs> let's just start from the jump bro how'd you get in this stuff uh as far as like getting into what i'm doing now yeah uh i basically it stemmed from just wanting to be independent and you know work for myself so when I whenever I got the food truck, I didn't even know what kind of food I was going to do. Oh really? So you yeah. weren't even a barbecue guy? No, like no you wasn't just, even a cooking guy. Like never worked. This in is just like a just wanted a business venture thing. Just yeah, one-off. yeah. I'd actually, you know, my dad was the one that even told me about food trucks, and uh, I live way out in the middle of the woods where I grew up. Yeah. And the first time he said something about a food truck, I was like, "What are you talking about, a food truck?" And he's like, "Yeah, they got these like trucks that run around. It's like a little mobile kitchen." I was like, "That's the first time I'd even heard of it." So uh, I'd just been talking with him about ideas of like what I could do, you know, have my own business or at least just work for myself. So, and he was a business owner too. So, you know, we were just, yeah, we had that connection of talking about that. So he brought it up and I was like, yeah, maybe I could do a food truck. You know, it seems like a pretty, pretty good investment that I could ease into. So, uh, I didn't even know what kind of food I was going to do. So, um, eventually just landed on barbecue and I was like, let me get this barbecue trailer and, you know, we'll run it and see, see if it can, you know, work out. So, right. Well, I mean, how did how did you choose barbecue? Like, you just did you just like barbecue? Or just yeah, like- no, I, I don't know why, but like for some reason, you know, when I got into the uh, when I was working over in Martin, uh, I'd work myself into a schedule where I had weekends off, yeah, and it was like not a normal thing for me. So once I got into that kind of schedule, I was just constantly every weekend like, let me cook a brisket, you know, let right. me cook a yeah. this and that, whatever. And my dad had got uh, we had always had a green egg growing up right. around the house, so uh, he upgraded one, and I got. Uh, you know, a green egg, you know, when I moved over into that house. So I had a lot of time to play with that and, and do barbecue with that. But I didn't want to do barbecue in the beginning. Cause I what'd was you, like, what'd you want to do? I didn't know, man. I was just like, I was literally just looking for something that would be, you know, something that would sustain me well, being able to work for myself. It's just so. interesting to go into that. Cause I feel like barbecue is the most complicated thing. You yeah, know what I mean? Like time consuming and, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, it's, it's amazing, but it's like, to not know what you wanted to get into and to choose that, it's just, I mean, that's awesome. But yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do something else because I was researching, like, oh, like pizza is really high profitable. Yeah. These other things are really profitable. And then, uh, but, you know, Winnie told me, she's like, you're you're cooking briskets every weekend, you know. And I didn't, I was scared of barbecue because everybody's got their opinion yeah, on what it dude, is. Yeah, dude, yeah. And uh, it wasn't until after I really even got the food truck that I'd really experienced, like, craft Texas style barbecue. And then, like that's when the bug, you know, bit me and I was like, Oh wait, you know, this is this yeah. is something that I'm really gonna be into, you know, as opposed to just being a business venture. Yeah, well I think it's something that's taken off too. I feel like that I mean, barbecue's always been around, right? But mm-hmm. like it's it's taking a new face, you know. I feel like the Texas Absolutely. style and then you have the you know, you have your um man, Georgia. You have all the these areas that have their own style, you know, mm-hmm. you have um like what is it? Where is it that I went? That, um, you have Carolina stuff. You have your Georgia stuff. You have um, your Texas style. I mean, and all that's like either it's uh, smoky and salty, sweet, mm-hmm. a little tangy. Like there's all those different flavors, but it's like honing in on one and then trying to capitalize on that and then try to make it different. Because, I mean, everyone, I feel like everyone has their niche. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, the big thing with the, like, more Texas style yeah. that, you know, really jumped on me is like, it really elevated super quickly and and got away from what just the historical regional uh, yeah. type was. So, like, if you talk about, you know, like North Carolina style, it's still basically mostly as it was done, you know, 10, 20, right, 30, right, 40, right. 50 years ago. But uh, as far as the craft scene over in Central Texas that has exploded out, there's been a, lot, a huge influx of highly trained chefs that got into the barbecue yeah. world and really started elevating, you know, beyond just what the historical – uh, type of barbecue was so there was something that was new it was modern and uh exciting so that's really like uh what drove me because like i like i like the creativity yeah. type thing and, and the whole new aspect of like oh this is going somewhere you can do things with this and people are actually accepting of it being different you know 
Yeah, it's funny because like for the longest time, it's just you got your meat plate, right? Yeah, you got, yep, your, you got yep. your bird or your brisket, uh, we still got sp- meat potato, potato salads <laughs> and beans, bro. And like, there's some people that that's all they want. Like I, I'm in, like, I, I have a side hustle my, and my, I do it on the weekends. Like it, as you started and like, I've been doing it for a couple of years and it's like, I noticed like I'll do little gigs and, and that's what they want. I'm like, man, but I'm trying to do something creative, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. just, but okay. You know, here's a chicken plate, you know, whatever. But like, um, there's some of those people that just aren't going to let that, I guess, let that traditional style go, but it's, I mean, it's still good and it has its place, but like. I'm right, like yeah. I'm like you. I like something that's different. I feel like it's like a what you have going on is like more of a fusion style. You know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. you're doing your, your craft stuff, but also implementing new things or like recreating old things. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to do anything slightly more elevated. Not trying to get like chefy with it or anything. Mm-hmm. But really, the niche for me was I knew as far as a business standpoint, I wasn't going to compete with a sit down uh, dining right. in air conditioned restaurant. Right. People can go get out of the rain. So I'm like, I don't need to serve the same things they do. You know, I need to be offering something unique, different that they can only get from me. And, uh, you know, the, that style of barbecue is going to allow me to do that as opposed to just trying to compete, you know, uh, doing exactly what everybody else yeah. does. Cause I can't provide the convenience in a food truck. So, yeah. um, and then also me knowing or thinking, you know, at least at this point, like I don't necessarily want to just boost up and go big and yeah you know, right go hard like i'm i'm a i'm a one of the few people i know that are just like into the food truck and want to stay in the food truck okay so that's your plan you just like you for, don't want to you, now. you don't yeah. want to brick and mortar you're just you're cool no, with the style you have now no we had a little taste of that before yeah uh, so we actually had two locations at one point in time and that was like a whole regulatory thing i got shoved into that. oh okay uh, so but after you know going through that i got a, li- a little bit of a taste of the brick and mortar to test that out and see how it goes and then now that we're back to just the food truck i feel way more comfortable just doing this yeah and uh we i, I started this thing off by staying small you know and that was kind of like my my safety net because i started doing this on the side of my job you know on the weekends until it grew enough so i could do it on my own but uh, I've always shied away from just, like, going really big and getting under the thumb of, you know, financial debt and, and all that for the business because that was going to kind of put me back to square one of the whole purpose of getting the truck was to, you know, be independent and right. work for myself. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, if I jump into this, I'm kind of back, you know, where I was. So I've, I've kind of had the mindset to just build and grow as I go and just let it naturally progress or, you know, uh, plane out, see where we're at. So. Have you done any uh you done any competition stuff? So man, we did some competition stuff before I really got started in the business side. Yeah, once of you it. start doing it for business, like you don't have time to do that. But, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a fun thing, yeah. but it's for me as far as like what I would do as far as business and competition is two different worlds. Yeah, right. It's funny because you yeah. notice that. Like I've done a couple in the past few years, and it's like you know the people who are really good and win competitions aren't the guys running a barbecue business. Right. You know, they're, they're yeah. just they're because <laughs> running barbecue business you got to be efficient and you know portions mm-hmm. got to be right and all that. These guys are like going all out on just one piece. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that that changes the game. Yeah, even just the the food like. It was especially in like KCBS or you know we I've done some BCA and BCA, IBCA, yeah. but uh, those the food that you're producing for that is like has to stand out next to 40 other samples that those judges are going to eat. So they really like hyper, like concentrate the flavors and everything It's so rich that you wouldn't really want to just sit down and enjoy right. a whole plate of it because it is trying to stand out between all these yeah. others. And it's like, mm, you know, it's pretty, pretty rich, you know? Yeah. Uh, so to me, uh, it was fun, like doing a couple of those, uh, but it just wasn't really my, my thing. Yeah. So, so in briskets, your thing, it seems yes. like that's, yeah. your, that's so your deal. That's definitely our, our most popular. And like one of the proteins that, you know, is, is different from what everybody else is doing here. Yeah. You know, um, like if, heck everybody else in like the town that I'm working in, uh, Rustin like advertises like extra lean brisket and i've went the opposite you know right um, yeah dude i can't do no dry ass lean brisket like i want some fat in mine i want yeah my but shit i mean that's juicy, that's what's you know advertised what I mean? you know and um just even the cuts that we offer like we offer moist versus lean and that's not something that anybody in rustin has seen before um right you're just getting brisket <laughs> yeah. you chopped or sliced what do you want you yeah know I mean? yeah so it's it's a different it's a different style so i feel i feel good that like we're providing something unique and you know, able to do it over in Rustin, but I was I was worried that there's a lot of consumer education that goes into bringing a new style somewhere. Yeah, so. yeah. So what'd you run into with that? Because I feel like uh, you're in a market, you're in a market that's um, that's young to what you're doing, of course, but also like 
an uneducated market when it comes to culinary styles, right? Like, could you think about uh, any small rural area that's only had a select few places to choose from to eat, or only used their palates only used to a certain few things, right? Yeah, and so like easing them to something different. new is scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know if they're going to be accepting for it, and you yeah, know, uh, especially if it's you know it costs more and it's more expensive too. So right, uh, but. They've taken on to it. They lashed on to it. There was a lot of consumer. We tried to do things the way that they do it from an operational side over in Texas, like meats by the pound and you right. know, people building their own platters. Yeah. And like you said, meat plates. Like it, we, we took plates off the menu one time and we only did it by the pound. We're like, we're going to make them order yeah. this way, you know? And it did not work. Not work. So we finally yeah. put the day we put plates back on the menu is just boom, boom, boom. And, um, you know, I think I think a lot of people aren't used to that, and especially if like uh, if you are a little busy, you have a line at the truck or whatever, and the customer kind of has a little bit of pressure to you know hurry up and get through the line, and if they got to do a bunch of math when they get up to the yeah. to the menu, and they're like, oh, if I get this and this, yeah, a la carte this, everything, how yeah. much is it going to cost? Yeah. Where the meat place just simple, it's like, yeah, this sounds great, you know, yeah. just just roll with it. So, got to kind of sacrifice a little bit there, you know, as far as like how we how we run it so we're still doing like tickets and plates and things that are approachable but with you know a different style of barbecue that's put on the plates yeah well what did you do so tell me about you before this so before you even got in a barbecue shit let's have a drink too by the way cheers Cheers, sir um um yeah it's pretty good Mm -hmm. um so yeah so before you got into barbecue we talked a little bit, but, oh, uh, yeah, tell me tell me what you did before that. So so I was oil field, you know. Me too. I was oil field 10 years. Mm-hmm. Oil field all my life. What did what, you this. do in oil field? So in the beginning, my dad and his two brothers owned a pipeline construction company. Okay. So I've worked since, like, 13, 14 years gotcha. old all the way up until uh, I was about 23, and then I moved to another job that was in the oil field. But the pipeline construction, so my dad, my brothers, all my grandpa, all of their brothers were all welders. Gotcha. So gotcha. I was I was one of the only few that wasn't a welder. Even on the pipeline, I got into more of the directional drilling, the boring, and everything. Gotcha. So I had taken over all the boring um, that we were doing at that point in time. But uh, we did pipeline construction, and then a lot of the work moved up to like Ohio and then in the Northeast and everything. And I just got married, and uh, so that wasn't really phasing out or working out for me. Yeah. So. I ended up uh, getting out of that and went to work at a salt cavern uh, storage facility over okay. in Arcadia. Gotcha. So, uh, still oil field, but like a totally different type. Yeah. Know? We were storing LPGs and stuff in salt caverns in the ground and uh, doing that kind of thing. But uh, over there, I really worked up into like more of a uh, working with the corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I got to do uh, PSM, which is like working closer with the engineers on like mechanical integrity, PHAs, developing processes. Like we built a $20 million rail facility over there that tripled the production of the plant. Damn. So I, I got a lot of work like with the project managers and the engineers and got to do some stuff that was like beyond my education level, but you know, still doing the same work, you know, right. Uh, with them. Yeah. So, well, do you think, well, why don't you get out of that? Like what happened? Like, so I was there, I was, I worked there only a couple of years until I, uh, kind of moved, they created that position and I moved into it and, uh, it was, it was kind of a weird situation. I was working very closely with the facility manager and I was pretty much going to take over that position whenever he retired. And one of the things was like, I kind of got into the point where I was at the age where, uh, I didn't know for sure. Like, if I stay in here and I do this, I'm I'm, going to retire here. Yeah, I'm going to have too much invested in it. I'm not going to be able to get out of it. Not that it was it was it was a great job. Not that it was a bad job at all. But uh, it just kind of had that that pressure of like, okay, this is kind of closing in on you know, uh, this is going to be certainly what you're going to do. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of wanted some freedom to be able to to figure out if that's really what I wanted to do or not. But also, like, when we built that facility, like I said, it tripled the production there. And so the management style kind of changed, shifted a little bit. So it was going in a direction that was less of what I was used to. So gotcha. now you're starting to get, you know, more influence on your budget from yeah. uh, these other guys that are heavily influencing your, your product and everything. So I was like, I don't know where the management style is going and all this kind of stuff. So, uh Still would have been a great job, still is, but just, you know, got bitten by the bug of, you know, I don't want to wonder what if right. I did something. So. Yeah, so you just, you, you were doing this already kind of part-time, I guess, and you just said you were just going to put all the eggs in this basket, I guess. 
Uh, yes. Well, I, no, I bought the trailer and uh, I bought it outright. Yeah. Like I said, I wanted to start from the ground up and not owe anybody shit. So right. I bought the trailer outright and I was running it on the weekend. Gotcha. Once I got while you were doing that, too. Yeah. yeah. Once I was working Monday through Friday, I had the freedom, the time to go working on the weekend. Right. So I did both. I was like, I don't want to just jump off. So um, I ran it for uh, a couple of months until it was just I knew it was time. I was like, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, spending all of my time and money not getting any sleep just to be able to do this thing on the weekend. Exactly. You and must it was, love it. It was, it was not doing bad, so right. uh, just decided to go ahead and do it. Well, it's amazing. Like You see so many people, uh, especially in, the, in, the, in this industry, like start out something, and you look at the shit they have. I think Josh and I, we, had a, we talked about that because he used to be a chef, and we were talking about that on the show. But like, a lot of these people don't even prepare anything. It's pre-cooked stuff, yeah. just heating it up. And it's just like, man, it's like a, almost a spit in the face whenever you're doing something so, you know, with so much craftsmanship and, and time put into it, right? Mm-hmm. But also, it's like people appreciate that. They really do. Like, whether they're going to buy some nachos or you're going over here to buy, some, like, a loaded mac and cheese with brisk and all, you know, whatever it may be, like, they appreciate that more because it's there's more into it, I feel like. Yeah, and it's, see, like, I and being more of like the creative style, like yeah. I would not enjoy just going to work for somebody and like, Hey, here's your recipe book. Go execute this. Yeah, man. Like, uh, for me, that's not really, you know, um, it doesn't, doesn't do it for me. So, uh, if I, if I didn't have the creative side of it, as far as it being my business that I can choose and change and adjust to whatever, then I wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much. So, yeah. uh, so I do still strongly like enjoy the, you know, business aspect of like, oh yeah, I'm working for myself. I can change whatever, you know, I have the freedom to adjust to whatever I need to, but also like really got into the barbecue and got passionate about that one style of thing. So, so what, I mean, what's your, I guess, first off, how'd you come up with the name? So, oh man, we went through a bunch of different names, but it's, it's more of like, just like I said, we're going to be unique. We're going to be different. Uh, we're going to be the black sheep. Uh, so we were going to be very non-traditional and I knew, it was going to be non-traditional. And I was like, is it either going to be non-traditional or fail? Like, I don't want to do exactly what these other guys are doing. So we're going to spin this off, try to launch this as something unique and something that's going to be different. And if it cha- if it fail, we'll just change, put a different sticker on the yeah. truck and do a different style of food or something. Yeah. But in the beginning, that's what it was. We knew we were going to be untraditional. So um, that's, that's really where it came so, from. So Bad Wolf Barbecue just came out of... I mean that just against the grain, Basically, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, well, I guess so. What's like, what's what's? Here's my thing because I'm I'm constantly, dude. I'm learning so much, and when I tell you, I'm not at your level at all. Like, I look at your stuff, I'm like, damn, that shit looks so good. You know, like I'm learning so much every single weekend, and I've probably been doing it three or four, uh, three or four years now. You know, just like golf tournaments and little like mm-hmm. charity events because we like I like you. I, I had um I was in oil and gas, and I eased out of that and got into marketing, but I spent a whole year doing both till I. I had marketing felt like I was comfortable enough in it to be sustainable before mm-hmm. I could get out of oil and gas. Yeah. And then I started like finding, I'd always like to cook, but then I like barbecue is my thing. Cause like, we could build networking around it. Right. It's people love to eat. And also if you can put it at a business function or a networking event or a golf tournament, people love that shit. Mm-hmm. And then it just started evolving to where I was making stuff like I'm not making like producing my own sausage or anything like you are yet, you know, mm-hmm. but like making stuff, um, you know, just, a little bit more than the traditional guy on the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then it gets to like, man, you have to like the more you do it, it's like, man, I just want to hone this in. Like, I, you find yeah. you find your niche, right? You find like, okay, this is my flavor. This is what people enjoy. I didn't think I was gonna. This is what I was gonna be doing. I just thought it was gonna be something different. I didn't think this one product was gonna take off, but shit, it has. Mm-hmm. Now I have to double down on it, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny how that shit works. But yeah, what what was your? Uh, I guess what was your turning point there? Like, what did you start off doing? Like, were you? like testing you just had brisket down you're like we're gonna push brisket and yeah i i like i said i'd uh i had taken my vacation right before i quit my job to uh-huh. do it full time like i knew i was doing brisket i was already like talking to people like brian over in sunbird they were at bodacious at that point in time and i knew that there was a higher level of barbecue that i was really into but i didn't i hadn't really experienced it yet so i took the last bit of vacation that i had for like two weeks uh before i quit my job and i just did a big tour i didn't know where i was going or whatever I said, I'm just going to go tour, you know, Texas barbecue. So, uh, damn, what well, that consists of? Like, where did just, that start? Like, where'd you go, dude? So, like, I I I just I talked to Brian. I was like, hey man, where's the first? I'm going to go to Dallas. It's the right. closest place to me. And he's like, go check out Slow Bones. So I went over there. Never the, been there. The, uh, yeah, it's really great. Is that Hard Eight? Hard Eight's a good one, I think. Is that yeah? Hard, it's over Hard in like Roanoke, and okay. uh, we've done some uh, barbecue, two barbecue festivals over there in that okay. city before. 
But, uh, yeah, I went over there, and uh, the very first guy, Jeff, uh, over at Slowbone, uh, told him what I was doing and everything. He's like, hey, man, there's some guys, you know, uh, cooking some whole stuff tonight. You know, uh, why don't you go come hang out? I was like, well, that couldn't, that couldn't be any better. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, so I don't know anybody or anything. You know, this is just my first, like, trying to get a taste of uh, what are the guys actually doing over here. I've had a little bit of taste, but I haven't been through the whole state and, and tested it out. So I'm going over there. It's like, all right, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, you know, come out tonight. I was like, I don't know. This is kind of – I'm not a very extroverted person. So he, uh, I go out there, and then, like, holy shit, like, here comes, like, Aaron Franklin on a forklift. Driving oh, shit. a pallet of wood down. Like, he's, oh, like, shit. the only guy I know at the time. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I just got his book and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, like, he's like the guy, especially uh, a couple of years ago. Was like, he's the most popular and everything. So I know who he is. I'm like, holy – you know, I'm, I already had planned to go to his place – uh, down in Austin and I'm like my very first stop over here here he is doing this festival that I didn't even know about so uh talked to them and they gave me like a volunteer shirt so I threw that on I helped like with the festival went around picked up stuff and and helped out whatever they needed to do but they had like the heavy hitters there man they had uh they had Aaron they had Ev- uh Evelyn Roy from Leroy and Lewis uh Barbecue Snob was there that was his like birthright festival it was the first time that he okay. did it and uh, Daniel Vaughn, he's the editor for Texas Monthly as yeah. far as like all the all the barbecue section and everything. So I was like, wow, that was that was just like, you know, uh, couldn't have hit that any better. And then I continued my trip all the way through and uh, went down to Austin. Didn't have enough time to get down to uh, Houston. I spent too much time down in Austin. In Austin, but, uh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of good spots there. What do you have, like, uh, uh, dude? What is it? Oh, there's so many. There's now. like I'm just trying to think. Well, Franklin's of course, mm-hmm. and then yeah, you got Terry Blacks, Terry, uh, yeah, um, uh, Micklewaite's is yeah. another OG guy there. Yeah, uh, there's there's tons of them. Yeah, there's a lot there. of them, dude. Yeah, it's, I didn't have enough time to go hit them all. Yeah, um, but I was just going by myself. Uh, Whitney said she was going to stay, so I was just I was like tearing out either sleeping in the truck or sleeping. Uh, <laughs> in a, I'll get a, like a hostel or whatever, uh, and uh, just go through. I just wanted to do a tour. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's awesome that you did that because, like, you see stuff on TV, right? You see stuff on Instagram, but, like, until you see, like, what goes into it and the demographic around the market, you know, it's, I mean, you're doing your R&D pretty much, like, yeah, hands-on, yeah. you know? That's what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you got to think, like, I just feel like we're, and I hate saying this, but everyone says it, like, in the area we're in, it's always, like, a few years behind everywhere else, it feels like, you know? Okay. Um, And it, and I think it works the same in in someone's palette you know like as you see people starting to travel and start to be interconnected more i guess since the internet's been out and instagram's been out and people are starting to like eat these things and and you know um become more knowledgeable to trying different things you know then, then they're like okay they're open to try something new or different mm-hmm. like i didn't eat fucking sushi until i was like 21 just <laughs> yeah. because the way i grew up wasn't you know same we, i didn't yeah like i didn't we, wasn't sushi around my parents didn't eat they were you know country folks like we didn't that wasn't a thing and then mm-hmm. you know i was hanging out with some people like you want to try this i'm like i'm not eating that shit you know yeah. but i didn't no, know that, you know, like yeah <laughs> right and, and it's like, you like and it, it's so. the same thing i think with like what you you guys are doing so see tell me what all you're doing right now i know you got like some badass brisket but i know you have like some signature dishes so tell me about them because i'm just i'm a when it, i'm like a nerd when it comes to barbecue so yeah so like brisket is by far the most popular uh, the thing that everybody wants because it's different but in order to produce that, like, we're only getting, like, a 40 or less percent yield off the brisket. Like, right. We have tons of trim, so uh, we're doing house-made sausages, um, stuff like that. Even with our leftover brisket, that's not even the raw brisket. Like, we'll take leftover cooked brisket and make a pepper jack brisket smoked boudin link. Hell, yeah. And I can't I can't make enough of that right Hell now. Hell, yeah, gotta, dude. That sounds I, awesome. Yeah, I just, every now and then, I'll post the same picture that's been out there for, like, 12 <laughs> times, and it just goes <laughs> on the algorithm or whatever, and then I got, like, people messaging me this week, and they're like, hey, give me 20 pounds. I want 10 pounds. Damn. I, want 20 pounds. I got a guy that gets, like, 100 pounds of it from me, like, Damn, twice dude. a year. Uh, but that's, things like that. We're doing all kind of creative sausages. I went down and took a class with Bill Dumas. He's a yeah, okay. uh, yeah. sausage sensei. Yeah. He, he offers uh, really great expertise as far as, like, sausage making. And that's no, the next thing I want to get into because I honestly have nothing. Be no. careful. Yeah, I know. It is, well, I it know. is a pain in the ass. <laughs> I know. It will take up your I know life. it's a pain in the ass. So it's like I don't only want to do it. Like, it's got to be a scenario to where my thing is I don't think this is ever going to be a full-blown. It, it is a business at this point, but it's something me and my wife can do together, right? But also, like, mm-hmm. it's just a weekend thing, and maybe it turns into something. But I don't ever want to get so locked into where I'm not having to spend – 
X amount of time on one yeah. thing, but you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's how it is. <laughs> to do it right, it's really like yeah. a three day process, right? Uh, on the sausage making, so it's it's sometimes I'm just like, is it even worth it? Like it's a lot of guys it, can man. just like make burgers or, or you know anything else, uh, um, but for what we're doing, I'm really trying to hone in and stay true to to the brand and, and be barbecue. Well, that's what makes it so yeah. good too. Even if it's harder. But no, nothing else is going to taste like it anywhere. And right. that's, and yeah. that's like, so it's going to take a little more time to, to do that, you know, but you mm-hmm. can't replicate it. So, I mean, there's something to be said about that, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's a lot, there was a lot of growth pains as far as like learning that too. It took me years before I yeah, even had something that I could put out the window. Yeah. Uh, but then the customers have never had that before. Like, I don't, I don't know of any other barbecue joints that are making their own sausages or were in the past 10 years. So that was not built into the customers. Not around uh, here, dude. No. Uh, they, no. Yeah, they weren't used to it. Oh, they're just getting down home or something. Which, yeah, right. Which uh, right. nothing against down home. Right. It's good. No, sauces, it's, good. But it's good. I just don't. I eat, I'm, that's I, what I ate growing up. Yeah, you know? me too. But I don't want that. You know, either. You know, like mm-hmm. for me, like for my thing, it's like I want something different, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. If I put it out, I want it to be unique yeah, and creative. Yeah, right. Right. So, yeah, we're doing a bunch of sausages, uh, brisket. We'll do random specials and stuff. We try to pull some influence. I try to sh- kind of shy away from Tex Mex now because there's just so much in the town and so many people do like taco stuff yeah Yeah. so i mean well i mean we do that we have some on the menu but um as far as like when i throw out some specials or stuff we might try to do some like asian influence or whatever you had dude i still remember this shit you had blueberry burn-ins yeah i think when Mm -hmm. you were here when i saw you years ago whenever y'all had the truck set up down here for a festival Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit. Because I hadn't had burn-ins. No one had that shit around here. Right. Right. Yeah. Unless someone made it on the weekends at the deer camp or whatever. You're like, you're not getting that shit. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I was like, holy shit. This dude's... When I, when I ate that off your truck, I was like, this dude's fucking legit. Like, nice. I, nice. I just knew it. I was like, okay, this is this is more than just your standard barbecue setup, right? Mm-hmm. And made out of pork belly, too. And you put, yeah, you put the word pork belly on the menu here. Yeah. Nobody's ever had it. And no, they don't know what the fuck... They, it's bacon, man. It's just yeah, a big yeah, piece of right. bacon. All it is, but it scares everyone, right? Mm-hmm. It's funny how that works, man. It is. It's just. A, that's what I said. It's just like, it's educating. Like you're trying to create something, but you also have to educate people to what it is. Yeah. It's Especially like, in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once we kind of built a customer base and we had some customers and had some reviews and started getting a reputation, now I can throw something weird out there and they're at least going to come try. It. Yeah. So, um, but but now that we've kind of built that customer base over a couple of years, now they're even more accepting to try something new because they, they got to trust. Like if you're going to put it out, then you're, you know, you're going to try to do a good job. With right. It. What's the weirdest thing you made? Oh, uh, that worked out. <laughs> yeah. That worked out. And then uh, also I want to hear the craziest shit you've ever smoked too. Oh, not geez. weed. I'm talking about meat. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like some, some of the weirder things we've done. Um, we did like a, and my wife has got to take credit for this. She doesn't let me forget it. But it's like a uh, boudin sushi. So we did like brisket fried rice. Dude, I feel like I saw into that. The, yeah. Into a smoked boudin link. And then we smoked the boudin link. And then when we would cut it up, we would like lay it down like it was sushi rolls. So it's got the wrap, you know, the casing, just like it would have like a seaweed wrap. Yeah. And then we would dress and sauce it like sushi or whatever. And, uh, yeah, she doesn't let me forget that uh, she came up with that idea. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll just do like crazy stuff like that. But um, as far as like... I don't know what's not been in my smoker. Honestly. That's what I'm saying, man. Dude, everyone has a good story about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Just, there's there's tons of failures that go along with sausages, and by the time you learn like enzymes, that'll break the bind in it and everything. But uh, try to get pretty wild with the sausages, and because you could just that's a blank canvas, you can be as creative as you can. Brisket. You can, you know, there's only, I mean, good brisket is good brisket. Yeah. It, some can be a little bit slightly better than the others, but there's not really more techniques that you are can Are you using like it. a cab or what are you using? Yeah, we're using cab. Yeah. Uh, it's CAB cab right yeah. now. I used to use Prime, but it's also difficult for me to get some of the product because my distributors give me warehouses like over in Jackson mm-hmm. and Little Rock, where if I was just a little bit further this you way, get, I could get a Dallas pull, warehouse. Yeah. And the we, Dallas warehouse is going to keep in stock a lot more of the Texas style stuff you know that i'm trying to get we did a wagyu for our last on the last competition we did um dude it was amazing like a nice. wagyu brisket nice. i don't know if you, i'm sure you've done them but like that dude that shit i don't know i hadn't done you a, hadn't done, hadn't a done a wagyu dude mm-hmm. you need to man it's it's crazy it's once it's trimmed and everything i mean i believe it was i mean it probably wasn't even nine pounds it wasn't that large <laughs> yeah. but it, it turned out amazing for the comp because it was just like brisket didn't didn't require it didn't matter what kind of brisket it just said it's got to be brisket right nice but yeah it turned out really well um but I still, I mean, I do brisket, man. But I, I, 
I don't have it dialed in yet. I feel like it's something you always got to work on. Well, um, like you said, like uh, for the guy that does it like in their backyard, they may yeah. cook like two a month for somebody at home or whatever. But until you really get to doing it every single day is when you really just yeah. start to get good with it. And it's hard to get good at it when, you know, especially if you only do it every like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I do a bunch. But it's like you, if you can really compare – Hey, if you start cook ten a day in every single day, you can do something a little bit different with this one. Check this one out. Figure out why this one didn't turn out the same as that one. Yeah, because uh, every brisket is going to be different. Like mm-hmm. when you get today and you go get one next week, is going to be you could cook it the same exact way, prepare it the same way, and it turn out different. And you're like, you don't know why. Yeah. And until you get to just do it a lot, that's when you really get to figure out why it turned out different. Yeah, man, I, I'm. I'm at the point now where I probably do a couple of months maybe, you know, but I okay. do a shitload of pork butts. I feel like I have that dialed yeah. in. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one thing I'm good at. But, like, that took a while, you know, doing that over a couple of years and then start doing it. It's just like, right. like yeah. you said, like anything, man. It's like figuring out what, what kind of wood do you like to use. So I like to use post oak. Okay. Uh, but the wood guys around here, like, aren't, like, over in Texas. So yeah, they, you can't. They can. You just get what they, you can get. <laughs> yeah, mo- most of the time it's, it's you can get what you can get. Yeah. And then it's not always dry and it's not always, uh, you know wet or mixed i like i like to have a mix yeah you know to be able to play with the fire and, and adjust but uh sometimes it's just like what is this like, <laughs> i don't know what i asked for post though but uh there might like, be like three or four different kinds in there but, yeah um you know so post oak preferably but it uh, i found it's not that big of a difference as long as you're not using something like mesquite or something you got to be really yeah. Careful with that. Some of the, some of my favorite barbecue I've ever had came from like bodacious where they use mesquite. I haven't used. I've never used mesquite just other than just had starting off with some briquettes or something. But like as far mm-hmm. as I use pecan, um, I like it because I think across the line you can use it on everything and it's not that mm-hmm. overpowering of a flavor. You know what I mean? But yeah, I I like to I like to go with most oaks. Um, some things. You learn over time if you're doing like when we used to be running five days a week, like my pit runs 24 hours and it's a stick burner. So yeah, like some woods will actually gunk up your pit yep. and uh, cause a bunch of bunch of stuff you got to clean out all the time. Or you know, um, some like even mesquite would actually leave like a white ash and almost clean the inside of the doors yeah. of the pit or whatever. But uh, I like to go with oak. Like I, if I use pecan like a lot, it can it can really create it, some. Uh, it'll 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 <laughs> coat up in there, man. And it, burn, and it, it burns off. hotter too. Yeah. So uh, with my situation too, I would love to be able to to blend in some other woods. Yeah. But from the operation side of, of how I operate, and I'm not at the pit the majority of the time. That's what I was going to so, ask you next about your pit. So what's your pit set up? Yeah, it's a it's a Bewley. Uh, okay. So it's a fully insulated. It's 100% stick burner. It does have a air damper and a thermostat that will just allow air into the firebox. Yeah. And what they've done with the Bewleys is they've really dialed in like a process of where when that damper is closed, it, it's not enough air flowing through there to be able to raise the temperature but it doesn't snuff out the fire when right. you get like a really dirty burn or anything any either way so uh but yeah i got that it's like a 16 foot long uh, oh okay pit. so you can you can roll on that thing yeah how many yeah, briskets I, can you put on it um I'm, as many as I many mean, as you I, want I, yeah I, I, i'm not i'm not cooking as many as uh as i can fit on it right but, uh, i really don't like to cook briskets above each other and all that kind of stuff i really like to have one rack for briskets with nothing above it so uh, yeah, I'm not at capacity on that pit, yeah. but uh, it's huge. But the bigger the pit you got, the easier it's going to run anyway. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you can get a bigger pit, then get the bigger pit. It's going to make your life yeah, easier. Yeah, dude, I have a homemade pool behind, and it's not – It's I've I've done as many modifications as I can to dial it in, you know, to get mm-hmm. where everything's level. And I can, this side, I can cook something on this side, whereas I need to put something – you know, based on the temp of where – you know, it's just not – it's a homemade pit, man. But it's it's a pull behind. It's a nice. It's on a trailer. It's a nice one. But it's it, it's probably only two years old. But like you know how it is when you start using one, especially like that, you have to figure out. All right, where's the hottest part of this thing at? Oh, yeah. Where's the where's the coldest part of this thing at? Okay, where am I losing air at? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, part of being the quote unquote pit master. You know, yeah. you're supposed to be able to adjust the well people the don't variables. Uh, people don't realize that, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, not an they, oven that you could just no. throw in and go buy recipes. Or, or no, it's not like you're in the backyard either. Like it's just. It, people don't realize that it's just a lot that goes into it that's why i think it's so fascinating it's something that and also it's a patient game too right because mm. you can't rush it you can't if rush you it. rush it you're gonna <laughs> fuck it up it's something's gonna be wrong the fat's not gonna be rendered you know it's gonna mm-hmm. be tough like the flavor's gonna be off you know all these all these damn variants but like what that's what people don't understand because a lot of guys they're just in and, and i feel like 
the more and more like places that are doing stuff like what you're doing, you're kind of like cooking something creative, but also seeing more of what you can do with these meats. People are starting to be more open to like, okay, I want to learn more about this. Because you see, like, I'm sure you're in these groups and shit. On, I don't know if you're in them online, but like, yeah, <laughs> all these people, dude, I get so pissed off because these dudes, like, uh, I don't know, is that Meat Church congregation? I think that's the one they're the harshest on when someone oh, they- <laughs> when someone first like posts something and they just like kill them, bro. They're like. Man, that looks like shit. I'm like, dude, this dude, look, give him yeah. a break, bro. He's learning, man. Yeah, it's, with the internet, everybody has become experts. Yeah, overnight, so like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's hilarious though, man. I, I think it's, uh, I, I find it comical because like, people always have something to say about like barbecue. Like they don't criticize hamburgers, you know, or yeah. anything like that. But like, they'll criticize the shit out of your barbecue. It's a very personal cuisine too. It's it like, is, yeah, and 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 everybody that does it, even in their backyard, is very proud of like they you are. Know, how you know, and they have their thing, you know. Yeah, and it's their thing, and it's like, yeah, and also it's like maybe you can cook your barbecue yeah. in your backyard better than the restaurant that you go to, yeah. and I would, you know, I would hope so. I hope so too because they have you get to, to specifically do yeah. it. The flavor focus you like on one and, thing. You're not yeah. having to push this out at scale, right? Yeah, once you start scaling up, and it's like, oh wait, I got to take care of you know twelve of these and. 20 of these and this and that and run the business and everything is it starts to become more of a impressive thing that if a place can consistently put something out as opposed to the backyard but th- it gets lost some of the appreciation does get lost it's like oh i could have done that at home i'm like yeah but you can walk up and in 20 minutes get food or spend Dude, 14 hours in the backyard the worst so. the worst thing i ever see, like i always see is like someone asking for barbecue sauce before they even try it Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, you haven't even tried this yet. You think you need sauce oh, on it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, of course, yeah, drizzle something on it. That's cool. But, like, you need to try this without anything on it. Hey, man, that's, that's yeah, one thing. You got to let it go. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always getting upset when people don't eat my food the way I think. Yeah, that's what, it, that's, but, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you put so much time into it, and you're like, you should, you're in your, in your mind, you're like egotistical about it. You should appreciate this, or you should try it this way because this is how it's made. But people just, I mean, they don't yeah. I mean, and for some people, it is. It's just yeah. lunch. And then, yeah. but you stayed up all night working on it yeah. and everything. So, but then there's, there's people that really do appreciate it. And, oh, yeah, for sure. It makes it worth it. So. For sure. I think that, um, I just think it's a, uh, I think it's a lost art that we're kind of all finding again, right? Like, and it's a good way to bring people together too because, like, we're, no matter what happens in, However, this you know world continues to unfold. Everyone still has to eat, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, that's going to be a constant. So. <laughs> so it's like it's not going out of style anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what else, man? What else are you into? Uh, man, trying to get back into some of the lost hobbies. So. Like, like what? I just I used to be into music really big. Okay. Uh, used what, to work out a lot. What uh, what style of music? I, I really like heavy music. So he- like heavy yeah, metal, really like how heavy? heavy? Like are we talking like uh, uh like as heavy as it goes? So. Like. War. Uh, yeah, but even, 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 yeah, even <laughs> there's another one uh, that my buddies listen to. I can't remember what it's called. But it's it's pretty heavy too. I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, dude. I uh, so you, I guess you played. You play guitar and yeah, stuff yeah. And so I've always played, you know, guitar, drums, or whatever, and uh, that's always been a thing. Like back when I was growing up, I wasn't a food guy. You know, I, I never wanted to, to do food or whatever. So music was like one of the things. I played sports in high school, and uh, I went to college for a year to play ball but I ended up like hurting my arm and not even playing so uh got out of that but uh besides that it was mainly just like I was into fitness a little bit not like super like you know gym rat or whatever but that and just music was always the thing that I really wanted to do but with as much as I worked I never really had that much yeah. of an opportunity to to do it especially living living out in the woods Where'd you live at? Where'd you grow up at? So, like, it's Bruton's Mill. Nobody's going to know where that's at. Like, we're, you, Oh, you've done some caterings down like, Dotson and stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, uh, Calvin area. Okay. Um, back, it's, like, halfway between Winfield and Dotson if you went back towards Goldana. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, out gotcha, in the middle gotcha, of nowhere. Gotcha. So, that's that's where I grew up at. But, um, yeah, music. Uh, I was in some bands, and, you know, we'd play some shows and everything. And uh, But as soon as I started the truck, like, I joined a band up here in Shreveport, and I was driving, you know. Where y'all playing? Half. What year was this? This had to be like 2017. Where y'all playing at here? Uh, well, with that band, I only played like one show before I'd kicked like off. Like the warehouse the or something. Uh, I have played the warehouse yeah, yeah. with another, okay. uh, the other band that I was in. This was like a when you're in heavy metal music, you don't get the. There's, there's not you very don't many. Get scenes. a lot of nice venues, bro. There's so. not a lot of venues for it either around yeah. here. Honestly, that was the only one. I think was, what was the name? I think it might have been called uh, Bush Nookies or something. I don't think it's a thing anymore. I but, don't know. Um, a little small bar. Okay. You know. Uh, the other band I played in, you know, we played Warehouse, and yeah. we would go around and play some spots. Uh, so a little bit bigger spot, you know, like Jackson and Little Rock or whatever, but mainly over in, like, Monroe. 
Okay. But uh, yeah, so, but as as soon as I, I I joined that band and I played like one show with them, and then that's when I was kicking off the trailer, and I was like, I don't I don't have time for yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, I fell out of it. So recently, I've been trying to get back into like I set up a studio in my home, and or at least you know got a computer, and I'm trying to learn you know that side of it. So pretty much, you got to play by yourself because uh, it's hard to find heavy metal. Uh, yeah, slim, slim pickings around here for that. Yeah, or even if they're good, or you know, you kind of jive musically. You don't really jive, you know. Uh, lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah, 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 with the lifestyle, you know. Especially yeah, man. if like you work a lot, and then they, you know, um, yeah, it's hard it. to it's hard to make things work in a band. So yeah, I'm just trying to have some fun on my you know by myself with a computer and learn some learn a little bit of. Uh, recording process and all that. Yeah, that's man, that's a uh, heavy metal. I used to be really in, big into rock, like not that heavy, but like I mean, I would listen to, like Avenged and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was big into that stuff, like, and I guess right out of high school, um, in the scene, like I don't know, just there hasn't been good new rock music made lately, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. nothing that just jumps out at me. I want to listen to you know everything got so like modern, not like radio push, like Five Finger Death Punch. I thought it was cool when they started out, and then just kind of went yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, is. <sighs> It's a it's a strange time for the like the rock scene. Yeah, it is sure. weird. Yeah, the rock scene for sure. The the heavy metal scene has actually made a comeback here in the past like decade. Okay, which really surprised me. As far as at least you know back growing up and especially in you know um, in like two thousand seven or whether before you had like so many people putting stuff out on the internet. Yeah, it was just like you mainly had radio or you had XM satellite radio or whatever you could find on the internet. But it wasn't just like sources now where you can just. You get fed Find like, anything. Yeah, like even if like me, if I'm into a heavier style and it's not as mainstream, like there's a lot of there's a lot uh, of options out there. A lot of options, and, and it's easy to find. And then you know these artists, kids nowadays, just on the internet, make producing their own thing. And I'm like, this would not Thanks. ten years ago. Like you couldn't do this. You yeah. couldn't get your stuff out there nearly as easy. So that's yeah, that's what's interesting because it's like hard to hit because everything's available like everywhere. And it's like okay, how mm-hmm. do you really hit? You gotta. You gotta, yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, yeah, more competition on that side of it, yeah. and then like kids nowadays are are putting out awesome music, but that's not enough anymore. They're like, yeah, we spend more of our time and money creating like music videos for that song yeah. instead of like we would have spent that time creating more songs, you mm-hmm. know, uh, back before it was just such an importance to have like a online presence for this brand of yeah, you have to brand this one song. Yeah, so I was like, oh yeah, if you don't have this legit, you know, shot music video, then like, are you, you know. Uh, maybe you're not in the circle of what's getting pushed out, and it's not "quote unquote" as impressive. Yeah. It's more of a more of a show for these guys now, as opposed to just be able to produce the music. Well, I think yeah. it's cool that I think it's cool that music videos are kind of coming back too, right? That's yeah, cool yeah, they too, died you know? off. It seemed like and yeah, then, they died off for a long time, man. It was like just it. I guess when the I guess when the satellite radio hit the scene, and everyone I don't know, they just you quit watching as much TV, but now it's like. They're producing it all on your phone now, so it's like you're getting a new MTV basically on social yeah. media, right? Yeah, it's Where really came back almost full circle. To, yeah, to, it's very important to have that, you know. Because I remember like Slip Slipknot and shit will drop those videos back in the day. It was like, hell yeah, that's cool. You know, like that was that was probably the hardest thing you would see on TV. I yeah, mean, unless you were finding something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially on on TV like that. I remember mm-hmm. that's what got me into music was music videos. I would see, I was like, damn, that's cool. You know, I want, yeah. I want to do that. And uh, yeah, so that's when I asked my dad. I was like, hey, I was like, if uh. If I if I pay for it myself, can I get a drum set? And he was always all, all about you know teaching value money and and, yeah. and work ethic. And, you know that was that was what he really pushed and, and taught me. So he's like, yeah, if you pay for it yourself, you can have them. And uh, it was fine for him because he could sleep right through it. But uh, <laughs> when you got a teenager trying to learn drums and teach yourself, it yeah. can be really annoying. Whatever. Yeah, I bet, dude. But yeah, music videos. I just remember watching like, damn, that's cool. You know, I want to do that. So. Well, that's yeah, that's awesome. So you're picking that back up, and then you uh, you worked out, you began working out. Man, I, yeah, I used to be in like CrossFit and go to gyms and do all I'm, that kind of stuff. I'm, a CrossFit bug has bitten me, bro, pretty hard. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> doing that before you know I started the truck, and then you know I started the truck and I was still doing it because yeah. I, I still had time to do it. But then when I kind of got forced into having the the two locations, that was a wrap. Like I just did not have time for it at all. Where'd y'all have another so, location at? So over in Jonesboro. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a random place to have one. Well, was yeah, it busy so, though? I mean, in that area? No, it was. It was fine. It was fine. It was a. It's a really small market for okay. people that don't know. It's maybe maybe eight thousand people, yeah, but right. you know, spread out like the paper mill. There's the main industry there. But uh, what? The only reason we did that is when I upgraded the um, the pit from the one that we had on the trailer to the big sixteen foot Bewley. Uh, it obviously wasn't going on yeah. the food truck. Yeah. So. Um, 
as far as like for people that may not know with the uh, food trucks, you have to have a commissary. Yeah, so you have to have an agreement with somebody that has a brick and mortar location. All the food truck guys know what, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's a difficult hurdle. So we had an agreement with somebody. Uh, we didn't really even use their facility at all. Our, our trailer was self-contained. But when I upgraded uh, that pit, uh, I got rid of the little one on the back because it was a little fire hazard. I caught that thing on fire several times. <laughs> uh, almost burnt the trailer down one Damn. time, too. But uh, I got the bigger pit, and there was no place to put it. So they wouldn't let me put it where my food truck was currently set up at in Russell because it was only planning laws. Like Even the coffee shop that's there in downtown has to have like the um, catalyst that eats up the emissions coming out of the, right. the bean roasted. Yeah. So I'd have to have all that. The zone planning, they were not having a pit there where we're at. I was like, oh, and I couldn't put it at the person that i had the agreement with the commissary so uh and i knew it was coming so like this uh i already knew that was gonna gonna be an issue so i was already looking for something and we found a place over in jonesboro they did crawfish out of the building but they only ran during crawfish there was nothing else for the rest of the year so i went to them i was like hey you know uh, y'all only running six months out of the year uh why don't i come in here and uh i'll take off the rent for when you're not here you know and uh you know, they say, yeah, that's great. So then I had a commissary space. But to make it work, we also had to serve there, too. Right. So it turned into being a, a brick-and-mortar location, gotcha. you know. Uh, but, yeah, it was like two weeks uh, before uh, we had kind of finalized uh, going into that location. The health department came around for our annual check, and they said, where's the pit on the back of your trailer? I said, well, I got rid of it. And said, so, well, what are you using? I was like, well, I got this bigger pit. And they said, uh, where's it at? I said, well, it's, it's you know, on my property. Yeah. I'm like, no, we can't have that. Like, you need to have it, you know, either at the uh, location or the commissary. So I was like, I'm moving it there in two weeks. Yeah. Like, you know, so uh, it barely got that one in on time. Yeah. But um, Yeah, it's weird. These laws are they're weird here. It's like, especially if you're a food truck. Like, if you're a food truck, it's like you, you guys have jumped through more hoops than anyone, I feel like. Yeah, it seemed like it. Yeah, especially in the beginning, just, like, trying to figure out insurance. Like, nobody would insure us because the fire marshal doesn't have jurisdiction over anything that's mobile. And then, But the insurance company wouldn't give you insurance if you didn't have your fire inspection uh, yeah. on the trailer. So it's like, you know, I just don't have it. Now i got a fire automated fire suppression system that's not armed because nobody can nobody can uh, sign off on it. So, But, uh, yeah, so... It, it it was it was a young thing too. Like uh, when I started the food truck there, especially in Jonesboro. What year like, was that? That was a, uh, I started running it on the weekends in 2017. Okay, because yeah, I mean it just popped off. Like, <clears throat> the, like I don't know when Bojacks opened when they had theirs running, but it, it was not too long before then. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, remember yeah. Bojacks coming down to Ruston and doing some yeah. events and everything, and uh, you know talked to Bo and uh, talked to uh, guys from Anos too. And yeah. They would give me some advice and everything. I told them I was wanting to start one up, and that was the first ones i've ever seen is you know probably yeah uh, bojax and that's probably i think they started in 16 i believe or 15 but yeah it, it hadn't it been new, on the scene long yeah. yeah people didn't know it, you know what to do with it uh even even just like setting up our own commissary so uh like going back to the restaurant that we had in jonesboro when COVID happened i said you know you know we're out of this building so right uh i got i got with the health department and said what do i need to do to have my own commissary on my property so i got with them and we set it all up and i installed slab grease traps separate sec- uh, separate septic and everything and i was like i'm just gonna have my own commissary so um that's that's, way to that's do when it. we went back to just the truck yeah that's the way to do it i mean you do everything <clears> yeah you if you got the land right to there, do it you got the, it takes some room. money and like yeah. We're fortunate to do it. You know, we had the land to be able to do it because we live out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, most people don't don't have that. Uh, so, yeah, we were, we were able to do that. And uh, But now I work from home most of the time because, you know, the pit's there and uh, briskets take 20-plus hours to cook. Yeah. So I'm, I'm there working in the morning, go do service, and then I go back, and I'm working there at night again. What's, so what's your uh, – got to ask you a little not, – not too many secrets. What's your, what's your, what's your layout here? So um, – Brisket, fourteen pound brisket. So you got a fourteen pound cab. You're running your pit at two twenty five. So I'll I'll actually run it really low. So with the okay. way that I work is, is almost like catering every single day. So uh, I got the commissary there. I'm producing all the meats. We're basically transporting to the food truck, yeah. and the food truck stays there. It's right. got its own uh, uh, grease traps, like and a flat top in the city. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a serving location. Right. So I'm. Producing all the meats, taking it over there, and then we're serving. So, uh, in the beginning, I will get the pit uh, the pit going. I'll run it really low, 
uh, and have my briskets going while I'm gone to the trailer. And then so that way it gives me more time when I get back to be able to kind of uh, adjust for, like, when I need to wrap and everything. So I'll run it really low in the beginning. So I'll, I'll run, you know, 200 you okay. know, or, or below okay. uh, in the beginning for the first, like, six to nine hours until I'm able to get back. And then I can kind of wrap you, or I can bump it up. I can what do you, what's up. your process next? You pull what, – like, what temp do you pull yours at? So I – it, I don't really just go by temp. Like, I don't temp any of them. I just so go by feel. Feel now, yeah. Yeah, when you do so many, you right. just kind of... Yeah, they're all different, so... Yeah, yeah. so uh, really how my process works is I'll get them on before I leave at, like, 9-ish or so in the morning, and then they won't come off of that pit again until the next morning when I'm ready to pull them out and ready to go to the trailer. So right. it's really a 24-ish plus hour, you know, process. But it's not really just cooking the whole time. A lot of times it's maintaining a, a temp, so... Um, Ours, you know, you can, if you cook lower and slower, you can actually pull it at a lower temp, maybe like 180, 185, because really all you're doing is converting the collagen into gelatin anyway. Yeah. And you can, you can do that by going hot and fast and pulling it at a higher temp, or you can go lower and slower, pull it at a lower temp, because you actually achieve that render process, you know, uh, without having to get up to a certain temp. So really just knowing how the brisket feels when you know it's rendered right. Yeah. And then, you can get there multiple different ways. But for my application, I wouldn't recommend that for everybody, but from the way my setup works is it's really low and slow, and it'll, it'll pull at a lower temp. But a lot of these guys are, you know, cooking hot and fast because they don't have a Buley pit yeah. that can kind of do some of the work unattended. Yeah. So they got to sit there and, and watch it the whole time. they got to sleep sometimes. Yeah, I haven't. I've never done one hot and fast. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, so are you wrapping, you wrap, pulling it, wrap it? Yeah, yeah, I'll wrap. Like when the bark gets right. You know, yeah. uh, usually when I get back, if I've set the pick correctly, when I get back, it's already almost ready to wrap. So, uh, yeah, I'll just I'll have a few hours there to be able to watch it and wrap it. Wrap and butcher paper. Yeah, yeah. I've tried it. You know, everything. Any and everything. <laughs> uh, and they all work good, like yeah. in different applications. Like I don't, I I wouldn't say one thing is the right way, one thing's the wrong way. So, like I know. Uh, People that wrap in foil that are just like have some of the best barbecue. Just I've never done that. It scares me. With, a, it scares with the foil, me. yeah, it scares me. Yeah, it, it can. I, can do, I, do it with pork, I do it with pork butts, but not with brisket, man. It scares me. Yeah, it can. It can really overcook your brisket. Yeah. super quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. The paper allows it to breathe a little more, but since we cook so low and slow, uh, the paper helps. But uh, if I do something in in foil, I got to be watching it. Yeah, because it'll it'll. It's a really good way to finish a brisket off really quick. But like you say, it's dangerous because you can you can over render it, and then you got pot roast. So, like, yes, it's falling apart. Some yeah. people like that. It's like the rib thing. Do you do any ribs? Do you do a lot of ribs? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I got a love hate relationship with ribs. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't selling a lot, and it's costing me like yeah. an extra three They're hours high, in my morning. Yeah. And we were selling like two racks, and I was oh, like, shit. I mean, it's not worth the time that I was that I was doing. Uh, producing them if we weren't, yeah. you know, selling them and nobody's buying them. It's just costing me money anyway. So we kicked them off, and then we started bringing them back on Saturdays. But now I recently found a brand that I like with baby backs that I can get done in time to go and uh, have for service. So now they're back on the menu. I got you. Yeah, I did I did like 10 racks this weekend. I did like um, for like a family wedding, a family member of mine. It was like uh, we did uh, – I did half St. Louis style, and I did half baby backs. I'd never liked baby backs before, but now I finally got yeah, this brand I didn't like that has these. enough meat on it. I didn't like these, yeah, because they cooked too quick. And so my, I was trying to time them both. I had separated to where this side of the grill was hot enough for this this style, and this one was over here. And the St. Louis pulled great, and the, some of the baby backs were done a little quick. They were still good, but, like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know how it is. Like, you want that shit perfect. Yeah. And some people, like, but that was, I, I brought that up because, like, people were, like, fall off the bone. Well, you don't really want that shit falling off the bone. Yeah, you want it, like, to, to come off the bone, you know, man, like. Yeah. Fuck, dude. You're never going to please everybody. No, right, yeah. Yeah, and that's a lot of that customer education. Some people want it different. Yeah, and that, I mean, hey, whatever, you know. To them, that's perfect. To the, one guy's perfect, uh, even barbecue joint may be somebody else's, like, average joint. Yeah, so. I've had a lot of bad barbecue, man. you got to have some tough skin in, uh, in the barbecue game because people are going to critique it. And Well, yeah, and well, I was just thinking this market, like, there's not that many options, and the stuff that's been around here forever, these companies been here since the 50s and 60s. This shit doesn't taste – I mean, it's just not – 
it's nothing craft about it, man. It's just uh, some meat that's probably a little bit overcooked that's drowned in salt and blended up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just not a fan, you know? Yeah, me either. But I, I didn't know I wasn't a fan <clears> until <throat> I went off and educated myself and had some some stuff in different places. Right, yeah. I don't know. Like you said earlier about other cuisines, like, I don't know other types of food that can just be that drastically different. It's like, insane. Yeah, it's like burgers. You know, you got a good burger, you got this and that, but it's not You're, the same as, like, a really old-school joint versus some of the newer Thing, modern things that are coming out. I was yeah. like, wow, that doesn't even seem like the same thing, but it is. What about chicken? You do anything with chicken? Yeah, yeah, we're doing chickens. Uh, we got them back uh, back on the menu. We'll do we like some like Alabama a, white sauce, half doing chickens. doing like a, uh, oh, half chickens? Okay, got you. Yeah, yeah, we're doing half chickens. Um, yeah, we started doing like Alabama white sauce for them, just something that nobody else is offering in town. Yeah. So people like it. It goes, it goes with offering something new that they've never had, so. Yeah, man, chicken's another thing that you can mess up real quick and that people are weird about, right? Yeah. Like, the done temp's good, and then people think it's not cooked all the way, but you know you know how that is. I'm mm-hmm. sure you experienced that, too. But oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and then the other thing with smoked chicken, too, is the skin's, like, always a danger, but... Yeah, it's going to be chewy unless you, like, sear it or something, mm-hmm. man. It's so we got, we got a fryer on the truck uh, that we produce our sides on, and so uh, we'll just smoke the chicken, hot hold it, and, and then flash right before it. they just flash it. Flash it for, like, 30 seconds or something? Yeah, just yeah. till the, uh, the skin gets right. crispy, so. yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I had to do on them. Like, I'm doing all these... Uh, them when you're doing like a hundred leg quarters it's like you get them to temp you got to move them over there and get them real mm. close to the flame to sear that skin up and then you got to serve it pretty quick because if not it's still gonna go back to being chewy yep it's yep. weird man it's weird how that works yeah that's a that's a hard one to pull off i'm glad we got the the fryer to be able to do that one yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't be near as good yeah and you'll do it well so what are you doing for sides so i've limited them we're doing you know just fries and then uh sweet chili brussels sprouts that shit sounds good yeah and uh in a mexican street do you uh, ro- are you roasting corn. those and then like frying them. Those are those are flash fries. So just flash fry. Yeah, they're raw. They're cut in half. We flash fry them. It only takes like a minute, and then they're they're cooked. They get crispy on the edge. They get cooked down, and then we'll dunk them in the uh, sweet chili sauce. Hell yeah, dude! Mm-hmm. That sounds good. We, man, we used to do other side. Like, of course, everybody wants like slow food sides, like beans and potato salad, and like you know, like yeah. pan sides. Yeah. But on the food truck, it's in. We're bringing everything, and I don't have an oven or anything. So, like, to transport beans and transport liquid type sides and everything is such a pain mm-hmm. that we we went to like things that we can produce on the trailer from the fryer or the flat top. And since we've gotten busy, we've maxed out our our warming space uh, to hold meats. So we don't have we don't have space to hold like pans of sides or anything. So yeah. So we kind of like do those sides. It's not traditional barbecue sides, but it works for man, you know from an operational. That, that's just overrated, in my opinion. Like the the bean thing, I'm just like man, it's just it's overrated, man. I, yeah. I, I, dude, especially when we had the restaurant in Jonesboro, I can't tell you how many people came in. And they're like, "You don't have beans or potato salad?" I'm like, no, and they just turn around. Yeah, I know. And that happens. That happens like when I'm set up for an event. I'm sure you've seen this shit too. Like, I have like pool port. Ta- like everybody likes my pool port tacos. I just the how I make them. They like them cool. Whatever. Okay, that's my thing. That's just like my niche. I found. They'll come up. They're like, "You don't have no barbecue sandwich?" I'm like, "No, but I pull pork. I put it on taco and put some sauce on it. It's, it's, it's still bread, you know." Like, "No, I don't want that. I want a sandwich." I'm like, yeah. "I don't have any barbecue sandwiches, man." Yeah, yeah, it's weird, man. People, it's so funny. Like, if it's not what they're used to ordering, then yeah, you know, they're they're afraid. That's of the it. funniest thing. I say that shit all the time. But yeah, I think it is. Yeah, or somebody just wants a meat plate, which is cool. I mean, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I found that out. So. Well, what else, man? So, what, what do you got brewing? Anything? What's coming up? Like, Dude, you looking forward uh, to anything? You do anything new? Well, I'm just kind of like enjoying like having survived COVID and all yeah. that, and just you know, did uh, it hit you hard? Like with the food yeah, truck? Yeah. So we, yeah, but you were still you were serving to outside people, so I'm sure that helped a little bit, right? Well, no. So that's when we had the the restaurant and the food truck. Ah, okay. And then when COVID happened, we knew we couldn't afford the building, right? And uh, so that's when we got out of it, and I had to get with the health department. To build my gotcha, gotcha. We tore down everything that we had over in Jonesboro, brought it back to my property, and had to build all it. But in the midst of lockdown, like in the beginning of lockdown, just getting the approvals from the government guys to be able to get you know this approval to start this process was a nightmare. It was. It took me eight months to get back going again. Yeah. So really, I lost almost a almost a year. Lost a good eight nine months just getting my kitchen built back up on my property to be able to get the truck back going. So damn. Uh, so yeah, we lost we lost a lot of time there. So uh, 
that's when we like kicked it back off and I'm like scared to death. Like, I don't know. It's like, is it going to work now? You know, then the meat prices went up and everything. So dude, that's another thing. It's still going up, bro. Yeah. So after all that, and then we finally got it planned out where, you know, we're going good again. It's busy. Uh, it's going smooth. I'm just like enjoying the, the, the calm right now. So like I said, and you know, everybody's got kind of like a mission statement and, and all this and that. I'm just like, I don't, at this point in time, I don't know that I want to go huge brick and mortar and everything. I just kind of want to enjoy this. My wife's killing it at her game. What's she uh, do? Things, uh, she's a tattoo artist. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So she's so got, you got all the ink, you get all the ink at home then. That's what's well, No, I, I can't even get on the schedule. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. I, I need to, I need to ask her when I can get back on the schedule, but it's, it's she next, got a shop over there year. too. Yeah, now she uh, she's got a shop over in in Rustin called Artemis Tattoo Collective. Okay, but it's pretty much just her and another, her business partner. They work for themselves in the building. They don't have any other artists underneath them, so they really just like basically just, work for themselves. Right, it's all like appointment only. You're not walking in. Yeah, no, she yeah, they're appointment only. Like yeah. the door stays locked. Yeah, no You're flash art stuff. Yeah. And they they both book the same way, so like she'll she'll take applications. And she's gotten away from doing, like, custom work. Like, she'll just draw up, like, 40 to 50 designs and, uh, like, sketching, too. Like, not even fully drawn. And she'll put them out there and announce that she's going to open applications. Ah, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah, That's so, interesting. Yeah. So, like, she'll say, hey, for 24 hours, you know, the applications are going to be open. Uh, here's some sketch designs. You can apply for them. And she'll have, like... 40 designs and the last time she had like 400 applications for those Dude, that's an interesting designs. business model too the way yeah. to do tattoo that's cool though that's uh yeah you're not yeah all the i mean you've already like you've already kind of preloaded what you're going to do i guess yeah so, it will like also, half the work's done for it, you it allows her to create her brand <clears throat> right more specifically right See, every artist has like, their own style every work like yeah. uh oh I'm, I'm spending time doing designs that aren't my style she yeah. can limit it and say hey these are my designs it's going to be this style and it allows her to get better at that style. And then you become an expert in that style. Well, you become the person for that style. Yeah. And then you're you're able to almost pick and not pick and choose clients because she like does them as a as a random draw, but she's created a client base based on the one specific niche that she's got. So that's good though, because for the longest time the industry was like you just take in what you can get because you're trying to get some money, right? Mm-hmm. And like walk ins tell you and die, like yeah. in, in, if you're in a big city like New York or L.A. or you go to Tokyo or something like that and get those artists that that's all they do, like what she's doing. But her able to do it here, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know a lot of people doing that. Which also I haven't had any tattoo work done and shit. I'm covered, but it's been probably real tattoo work hasn't. I've been to some touch up the past couple of years, but probably five six years since I had really anything done. Yeah, we just got back from New York. She uh, guest spotted up at a place up there. They had reached out to her, and they were like, yeah, we love what you're doing, doing similar styles and everything. So uh, she went up there, spent a couple of days, and uh, went with her just to guest spot up in, up in New York. So, Hell yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. So y'all fucking, you got it going then, man. Yeah, yeah. well, she's got it going. <laughs> well, I mean, I know, but <laughs> my, you got it. Yeah, mine's busy, You're an artist but, uh, in your craft. She's an artist in hers. That's cool, yeah, man. That's yeah, respectful. We, yeah, man. we were both always, you know, in the uh, creative and artistic stuff. Yeah. And you and you do all your own marketing and everything. Yeah, yeah. So like she's good got photos her thing. and stuff. I got my thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, she had a photography degree, uh, one of her degrees in photography, so she helped me out with that a lot. But I'm still just doing, you know. But it all looks everything. good, man, dude. It's like I, I'll you. see your shit. I'm like, damn, dude, because that's like my my uh, day job is marketing. So it's like mm-hmm. when you see someone that has good product and they're marketing themselves well, it's kind of like it's a good and you're doing it all yourself that's something that's you know yeah it's hard to find time to actually yeah. do marketing and you and have to like, yeah you know it's like one of those things where you don't it's like you're busy and you need to do it but also if you don't do it you may not stay as busy you know what i mean yeah yeah and if sometimes you're just too busy to do it and then it's like you could be doing more but uh unless you got somebody to be able to you know give you the time to be able to do it yeah it, it takes way more time than it used to yeah. i mean it used to marketing wasn't that involved you know you just like make out a post or whatever try to get to the right people but now it's like you got to take this whole photo shoot with this food you got to like have time to set this up right and you got to do it before the food dies and doesn't look yeah, you right gotta get the right and, temp and or, i mean the right shade and everything yeah yeah trying to get diffused lighting and this and that in the midst of like running a service too unless you go just spend a whole lot of money and and yeah. you know have a separate photo shoot but like if you want it to be kind of real candid shots of what your stuff looks like yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to you know it's a whole ordeal yeah, it's, it's, it's more involved than than what it used to be I guess uh, yeah. about just making a post with words out there and it kind of got the information out and yeah. you got to kind of uh, increase that you know presence 
Well, you. Uh, what about sauces? We didn't talk about that. You do, any, you do anything, uh, man? What, what's, yeah, what's your, what's so, your yeah. sauce, man? Uh, so I mean, we just we make a traditional barbecue sauce, and then is we it made, sweeter? No, it's more of a, a little bit. We designed it specifically to go with the pulled pork, so okay. it's it's more of an acidic, uh, like a Texas style. I don't know if if you ever go down to like Central Texas and get barbecue sauces, it's more acidic. It's not like a sweet. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're not having like sweet. the Mississippi uh, George style. Yeah, yeah. So we do that mainly for the <clears throat> for the pork and then um, for the brisket. Like we I, we did this a long time ago in the very beginning. We made like a white sauce. I don't even know what it, what to call it so it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a mayo base uh but it's it's got some acid in it to be able to counteract the fat with the brisket and that took off big time i think it was just something different for people that had never tried anything other than basically like a commercial barbecue sauce mm-hmm. on their on their barbecue so i just wanted to have something different we did that and it just it just took off now we have that on half the things on the menu and just people people love it so and then and then i got to the point where as i get better at producing just like high quality meats it's like i don't want to put sauce on you i want to right exactly i want to showcase you know what it actually took to produce something Mm -hmm. that's you can't hide behind yeah uh but then you can't get rid of the you know the sauce after well i mean yeah and then the thing is too sometimes it compliments even though the stuff's good by itself also you add that flavor just Mm -hmm. changes the entire flavor of the dish too which is sometimes it's cool you know yeah, when you're doing dishes and stuff, yeah, you really need some sauces. But, yeah, um, you, you can bottle that stuff, man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I I don't know. My dad always said I needed to get with somebody in like yeah. an incubator and have them produce it. But I'm like, I'm too small scale, you know. You need to get with the guys downstairs. They got some stuff brewing. They can hook you up with those people. Oh, dude, Heidi would love that. She's yeah. sick and tired of making it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to need to hit them up and. And uh, see about doing that, maybe. But, yeah, yeah. We're small scale though, so it's, it's sometimes it's hard to justify. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's one of those things you gotta have x amount of. You know, how much is your brand enough to push that out and market it? And then do you want to want to go? I guess, but that's something like that. You got to go e-commerce and distribute it. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. If you or do you could, just want to have enough to it. have on hand? But then, is it worth the initial expense to get it bottled? Right? Like, there's a whole, mm-hmm. there's so many variants to that shit. It's like you almost got to get this big before you even want to take that jump to do that. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's cons to staying small too, but you know the yeah. pros and pros and cons. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, look, dude, I've had a good time today. Um, I'm I need to come eat some food. I need, need to, yeah, I need to catch up with you. And too, we need man. to smoke. We need to smoke some meat, man. All right, come come collab or come hang out. I, I need to come over there anyway. Yeah, so. come check it out, man. Whenever you got time, and you know, uh, I'll show you, give you a tour of everything, and hell yeah, we'll throw some weird stuff in the pit. Dude, I'm down. I need to do some. We're talking about. We're doing. Um, you need to come. What are you doing? All right, what are you doing? Um. What's the date on that? It's a Hawks for the Cause in, in uh, New Orleans. Okay, yeah, yeah, I heard a lot about it. And a lot we of already have it. a team together. Do you? You're invited. When is it? It's, I want to say, April 31st and March 1st. Okay. It's a Friday and Saturday. If you want to come, I'm doing this. I'm putting, I'm holding you accountable right here on, on the show. So. I probably know a lot of guys. <laughs> All right, so gonna it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be, so as of right now, it's me, Brian, Meeker, um, Josh is going to be there, and then also Peanut. From Bojack. Okay. So we're doing some we're gonna do some weird shit. But here's the cops. So we have we have our team we have a huge twenty by twenty plot. Mm-hmm. So we got the biggest plot you can get. Um you have to you have to do a whole hog, you have to do ribs, you have to do a pulled pork, and then you have to do like they call it you don't have to, but it's optional, the pork puri. And so you make your own other pork dish. Aside from that, you can make those are your com- you know, competition, uh, competition entries. And then aside from that, you can also do any other like a la carte items and then let people try them. Cause there's going to be people coming there buying tickets to try stuff. Okay. So you're competing with those categories, but then you also have your like people's choice stuff. So it's going to be huge, man. You should, really, right. you should come, right. bro. I'm telling you, like it's going to be a whole weekend thing. Um, as of right now, I mean, that's, that's what it looks like. We're, uh, we're getting ready to, we've got the team built and we're about to build like a little fundraiser, uh, for the, for the calls, for the hogs for the calls. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to do a cooking here. Okay. And kind of preview everything we're going to cook down there. So it's going to be kind of a trial run, but also an event for people to enjoy. So, yeah, we need to we need to collab on I that bet, shit. Yeah, I've been meaning to, to go down and, and hit that event, and I haven't yet. Well, come so. on. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was good catching up with you and uh, finally meeting you, and uh, we'll wrap yeah, it right same, here, man. Likewise, man. All right, and how before we close, um, any plugs? How can everybody find you? Yeah, it's all uh, it's Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, it's Bad Wolf Food Truck. Okay. Uh, so just search Bad Wolf Food Truck. There's a black and white logo. Cool. And uh, you'll see us from Ruston, Louisiana. Awesome, man. Well, that's a wrap. All right. Thanks, man. Enjoyed buddy. it, bro.